um, have lived an adventurous life and they just want to continue to live that kind of adventurous life if they can. And then they start to slow down a little bit. And then they, their greatest adventure of all, the greatest risk. These are two risk takers, if you will. But the greatest risk they really had ever taken was to take on their, their nephew who was kind of dumped off on them for the summer and how they fell in love with their nephew. And, and that really was the greatest risk they'd ever taken. Um, and the end was just funny because they, they wanted to go out with a bang, so they ended up, when they were 90 years old, flying their plane into a barn upside down. They didn't show that. But that was the part they showed. Um, but I just appreciated, the, the, again, the zeal and the passion they had for life and how they were willing to take risks, especially when it comes to investing in the lives of others. Investing their lives in the lives of another person. We're going to be looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses 3 through 6 this morning. In Ecclesiastes 11, 3 through 6, it says, If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, it will, it will, lie, it will lie there. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Even the best laid, I mean, this is, this sermon is really for all of us, because even the best laid plans, you know, we, we plan things out, but even the best laid plans don't always work out. And all of us have to face that reality every single day. You know, you plan for your week, you plan for your life, you plan for whatever it is, but it doesn't always work out the way you plan. And, and we have to deal with that almost on a weekly basis. So the question this morning is how, how should we live our life? When we don't know how things are going to turn out, how do we plan? How do we move forward? We're talking about moving forward. Move, that's the series that we're in right now. How do we move when we don't really understand or we don't really know or we can't really plan everything out and know it's going to work out the way we want to? Well, Solomon says to go for it. He says to take the risks. Take a risk. Don't play it safe. That's what he's talking about here. In other words, you have to live with boldness. You have to serve God with your whole heart. You have to serve other people with passion. You can't worry about what might happen. You can't retreat when the challenges of life come. You plan something out. You try to move forward. And then the challenges come. Right? It happens to all of us. When that happens, we can't just pull back and say, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I tried it and it didn't work. Don't avoid blessings because of the concerns that come with them. There are specific concerns that come with them, but there's so much blessing in risk taking. Now, before I even get any further, I'm not talking about just blindly jumping off a cliff without any kind of, I mean, we're talking about healthy risk taking here. We want to keep a balance. But you cannot pull back. Just because you step out in, in some area and, and, and it doesn't work out for you. Because the blessings are there. The blessings are in the promised land. But sometimes we pull up. We don't go forward. 
We don't fulfill what God has for us because things start to go wrong. We think, well, I'm going to stop it right there. Here's what we really need to do. You need to rethink. You know, Bible says renew your mind. Okay, so I want everyone to renew their mind this morning. You need to rethink fear and risk. Right? You need to rethink fear and risk. And see them as a call to something greater. Your fears and your and taking a risk is a call to something greater, to something to God's best, if you will. Think about this. A scarecrow, right? A scarecrow is supposed to scare away the birds. But a wise bird begins to realize that the scarecrow is just really an invitation. Right? Think, think, think about this. The scarecrow, smart birds, wise birds, older birds begin to realize, wait, that scarecrow is really just an advertisement. It announces to me that there's something ripe and ready for the picking in that area. They realize, they begin to think to themselves, wait a second, scarecrows are in all the best gardens. There's a scarecrow. And so if we, we as people, we need to take after those, those birds, if you will. If we're going to be wise, if we, if, if we're going to be wise, we need to recognize that a scarecrow, okay, is an invitation. It's an invitation. It is a calling. It's a beckoning to God's best. Fear, okay, and risk is often this scarecrow that is a calling or a beckoning to us, to God's best. Just like the bird finds out and realizes, wait, that scarecrow represents an advertisement that the, it's ready for me to eat. Something really good is down there. I see that scarecrow. Every giant in our lives we need to see as a scarecrow calling us to God's best. Faith, faith, my friends, is a bird who loves to perch on a scarecrow. Think about that. Faith, faith is a bird who loves to perch on a scarecrow. Who sees, who begins to rethink. And instead of seeing things, oh, 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 that's that, all oh, in the past, you know, whatever the case may be. You're, I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to do that. Rethink fear. Rethink risk. And start to be, start to think of fear and risk as an advertisement, as, as an invitation. Maybe to God's best. To what God has for you. Why would Satan work so hard to keep you from fulfilling that area of your life? Why would he work so hard? Maybe it's because he recognizes if you overcome that fear, if you take that risk and you continue to overcome those fears and continue to take those risks, that you're ultimately going to find God's blessing. You're ultimately going to find the promised land, if you will. You're ultimately going to find that garden that's filled with just lush fruit for you to consume. I mean, think about it. If you allowed fear to control your life, if you allowed, if you didn't want to take any risks and you allowed fear to control your life, think about this for a second. You would never get married because you never ask anybody to marry you. What if they turned you down? It's a risk. I mean, you know, most people kind of figure, yeah, I'm going to ask because I'm pretty sure I know the answer. But still, you would never, if, if you really, you think about it, you'd never get married. You'd never go for that other job, that better job. You're not going to go for that better job. What if they reject you? What if they don't choose you? You put it out there. You put your resume, your life on a piece of paper and you present it to them. And what if they reject you? That's a risk. Going out for a team. Oh, I want to go out for this play. I want to go out for this team. What if you don't make it? 
So if you think about it, if you allow, if you allow the fear of, of risking, if you will, taking that risk to really control you, there are so many things you're not going to do in your life. You're going to stay very contained, very safe, safe. God wants you to step out in faith. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to, he doesn't want you to play all of your life safe. How many people play it safe? And God is saying, Hey, there are times where you have to take a step back and that's not the risk you want to take. But there are so many other times where God's saying, hey, stop playing it so safe. You need to take some risks. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 3 through 6, Solomon lays out some truths that will help us take those risks and avoid living a life that's just, you know, I'm just going to play it safe. And what he says, one of the first things he says is you need to take advantage of all the, all the opportunities. There are so many different opportunities in life. I know some of you are not risk takers, okay? And, and this sermon is not going to just change your whole life. You can become a big risk taker. Some of you are, are, they take too many risks, okay? You don't think them all through. You just jump into it without thinking. God wants that balance. But, but Solomon is saying, hey, your life is going to be filled with risk. Your life is going to be filled with the unknown. You can't just worry about what might happen. God is calling you to do something. You need to step out in faith and do it. You need to take advantage of every opportunity. Seize the day, you know, carpe diem. You need to seize the day. You need to seize that moment that God gives you. That's what God wants for us. That's what Solomon's saying. In, in, in chapter 11, verse 3, Solomon writes this. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. And whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. He tells that most often we, we, are, we, are, we don't have control, right? We, we, we don't have control and we can't predict the events that are going to happen in our lives. It, even if, you, even if you, you don't want to believe that, you, in the back of your mind, in your heart, you know it's right. Most of life you have no control over. And most of the time, you can't predict what is going to happen. I just stop watching a lot of the news around election time. You know why? I get so sick and tired of listening to these experts who are supposed to have inside information and talk to this person and that person and all these polls and they and they're so wrong it's mind-boggling how i wish i could have a job okay where i could be so wrong all the time and still have a job right but that's what it is because they 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 don't have control these experts don't have control and they cannot predict they can't predict events that are, in their, that are outside their lives, let alone in their lives. Most of the time, we just experience the events that happen around us. We just experience them, correct? We go through, we try to plan our day, we try to plan for things, we try to make sure this may not happen, or we try to avoid this, or whatever we do the best we can. But most of the time, we're just experiencing the events that are happening around us. And that is a major theme in the book of Ecclesiastes. This is a major theme. You don't have control. You see, if you're going to move forward, you need to distinguish. And this is what we want to do in this series. Keep moving forward spiritually. But if you're going to move forward, you need to distinguish those things you can control and those things that you cannot control. Since you cannot stop nature, the patterns of nature. Think about it. You can't stop when it's going to rain. You can't, you're not in control of when it's going to rain. 
If a tree falls, if the wind's blowing and things are carrying on, you don't decide if a tree falls to the right or if the tree falls to the left. You can't control those things. So what we need to do is, is focus on um, how, how we deal with okay, the circumstances that we're faced with. How do, we, how do we focus on handling those circumstances? I am going to leave here today. I'm going to drive home. And then this next week, I have planned out in my calendar... How many of you have ever gone through a week where everything worked out exactly how you had it planned out in your calendar? Raise your hand. So what do we have to do? We need to focus on how we handle the circumstances that are put in front of us. That's what we should be focusing our attention on. That's what we should really be thinking about. How do I handle it when something is thrown at me that I didn't expect? I didn't expect to get hit from behind by that person or backed into. I didn't expect to, my boss to walk into my office and say, hey, we're downsizing. I didn't expect, I didn't, you don't expect those things. So the question is, how do you handle things that you didn't expect? How do you handle the circumstances in life that are difficult? Instead of worrying about and spending all of your energy, Solomon is saying, why are you spending so much energy on something you cannot control, on a life you cannot control? Focus more of your energy. On, on the circumstances and how you deal with the circumstances that are put in your path. His point should be that we shouldn't waste our time on things that we cannot control. In Psalm 24 and verse 1, it says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. See, let God be God. Focus on what you can control, which is honestly not that much. Okay? And then let God have the rest. Give it over to him. Stop pretending, stop pretending that you can, that you can ultimately control the world in which you live. Stop pretending that that can happen. You can control yourself and your, your attitude toward what happens to you. You can, you can have the right spirit and the right attitude and the right heart and right desire. That you can control. What you can't control is all the things that go on around you. In verse 4, Solomon writes, Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. This verse criticizes people who are overly cautious. That's what he's doing. He's criticizing people who are overly cautious. You know, I, you know uh, I'm going to watch the weather and I'm not going to... Uh, well, I, that's happening. It's, well, it was supposed... I get such a kick out of churches. And I'm not saying anyone in general. But there's supposed to be a storm coming, right? Big storm. It's going to, oh, it's going to snow 8 to 10 inches or whatever else. Or 3 to 4 inches. And all of a sudden you watch on TV and everyone's closing. They're all closing. It's not snowing yet, but everyone's closing. So they anticipate. It's like so they're only cautious. You want to be cautious, but for goodness sake, you, you don't know how much it's going to snow. You have to wait and see what's going to happen. And then you can put and say you're going to close. But that's what happened. He's saying he's criticizing those who are overly cautious, who look at, well, look at the rain. It might rain. It might do this. Look at the clouds. You know, if it rains, then this. If it does that, whatever. So therefore, and he's saying, hey, the farmer who waits for perfect timing, the farmer who waits for that, just that right moment, is never going to do anything. He's not going to plant because that moment is never going to come. You can sit around. It's the same thing. The same thing in Proverbs that talks about the slugger. You know, a little, a little rest, a little, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty comes on you like a bandit. And the slugger will say, "Well, there's a lion outside. There's a lion outside. I don't want to go out because there's a lion. There's no lion outside." 
overly, overly cautious. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to do this because what if, what if there's a line outside? What if it does rain? What if the wind picks up? All those kinds of things. So it's like, it's like being a farmer and having the seed and the tractor in the barn, but never bringing them out, never actually using the seed, never actually using the equipment that you have. Because you never bring it out. You see, you can't wait for perfect conditions to happen, to start something, to invest in someone's life, to take the time to use your gift, to invest in someone's life. Now is the best time to move. There's never going to be a better time in a lot of circumstances to go and do something. Well, I'm going to wait till next year. I'm going to wait till in five years we'll be in five, five years. You might be gone. You can't wait for perfect timing all the time for all the stars to line up and for everything to be right and to have this and to have all those things. Because let me stop for a second, because this is true. You might step out, right? You might follow Solomon's advice. You might step out and 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 it does rain and the wind does come and destroys your crops. You've seen. See, see, this is why I don't do it. So you, you, you might step out and things get ruined your whatever you tried got ruined or you might step out and you did it and it didn't work and you have to do it all over you have to start all over again you might step out and you might completely fail but at the same time what if it works out what if you step out and start that what if you invest in that person what if you take the risk and try to reestablish that relationship what if you then you reap the benefits you reap the blessings of that risk and i'll tell you something anyone who's a risk taker will tell you at the end when that works out you've worked so hard you've sweat so hard you've maybe stressed out and worried a lot but at the end when when you continue to move forward when you continue to do what you feel like god is calling you to do the end result is amazing when it works you reap incredible benefits not just the end result of wow look my business took off i have all these resources wow i invested in this relationship and it really began to flourish But it's what happens during the process. It's what happens to you during the process of stepping out and taking those risks. Of stepping out and talking really about faith here. Of stepping out in faith and doing what God has called you to do. You might talk to that person in your office and they about Christ and they might reject you. And that would be hard. It's kind of sad, you know, you feel a little down, you know, you feel a little awkward or whatever else. But what if, what if... You talk to that person about Christ. And what if a few months later that person gave their life to Christ and then that person's wife or husband gave their life to Christ and their children started coming to church and their lives were totally transformed. What? How, just imagine the blessing, the rewards. Tim Hansel in his book, Eating Problems for Breakfast, wrote this. One of the reasons why mature people stop growing and learning, says John Gartner, is that they become less and less willing to risk uh, the risk failure. They become less and less willing to risk failure. That is so, so true. There is no time like like the present to do what God is calling you to do. There's no time like the present to take a risk for God. Some of us need to stop procrastinating. It's been on your heart for years and years. Some people just need to stop procrastinating. I was also reading a book by Mark Cuban, and he said, in business, you only have to be right once. Only have to be right once. And his point was, 
If you want to be successful, if you want to see true success in business, you have to take risks. You have to step out. You have to invest sometimes. That you think, investments that you may lose. You may have to invest some time. The most valuable commodity you have. And it may not work out. But, I, but you need to take those. If you're going to be successful. And he says you only have to be right once in business. And if you're going to be successful, you need to take those risks. Solomon is saying if we wait until we have time or the situation is perfect, it's never going to happen. That's what he's saying. If you wait until everything lines up and you think you have control. I looked at the weather. The weather's good. I don't see any rain. I don't see any wind. I don't see anything happening. Uh, I checked this. I checked that. Farmer's almanac, everything else. So this year, I think I'm going to go out and plow. He said if you wait... And you do, and you act that way, and you, and you think that way, and you think you have control. He said you're making a terrible, he's basically saying you're making a terrible mistake. You're making a terrible, you will, it will not happen because you won't end up doing it. See, don't look for the perfect opportunity. Look for an opportunity to present itself and then take bold action. Don't, don't wait for the perfect opportunity. Look for an opportunity to present itself and then take action. If God is calling you to do something, look for the opportunity and then take action. But, you know, you say, well, well, let me say this. If, if, if God puts, puts it in your heart, maybe you shouldn't put it off. If God puts it in your heart, maybe you shouldn't put it off. And some of you are thinking, you know, that sounds really cool from the look at you said. If God puts it in your heart, then don't put it off. Isn't that a clever play on words? But you know what? Here's the reality. I didn't put it off and it didn't work out for me. And I failed. I tried it and it did not work. So my question to you would be, what did you learn? What did you learn from that experience? Doesn't matter what I learned. Yeah, it really does. It really does. There are things that I wanted to do in my 20s. My, my mid late 20s or whatever else and I was gung-ho and man I had all the passion I had all the desire boy I'll tell you and I and I and I felt like God was leading me to do that I jumped right in there and bam failed miserably and then again I in my 30s I thought boy this is right now and God I felt like God's calling me in, and I jumped in and bam I failed miserably but I'm gonna tell you something I don't think those were failures I think that des- that desire that I had in my 20s and 30s is still there in my 50s it's still there The question is, what did I learn in my 20s and 30s that I can apply to my 40s and 50s? What am I going to learn in my 40s and 50s that I can apply to my 60s and 70s? Because at that point, I've learned so much. I've applied those things. I didn't cry and shake my fist at God and ask all kinds of, oh, I can't believe you didn't. Maybe I didn't a little bit in the beginning, you know. (laughs) Then you grow up a little bit and you realize, you know, God's teaching you something. But God is teaching you something. So my question is, you can say, well, I did that and here's how it turned out. And my question will be, what did you learn? And are you done now? You tried that. Now you're not going to take any more risks. No more risks. That's it. We tried it. I, I stepped out in faith. It didn't work out for me. I'm not going to take any more risks. Listen, you need to move forward now. You need to go after your dreams now. You need to invest in the lives of people now. You don't, you can't wait till you have more money and more time and more of this and more, and more energy. I'll do want to have more energy. I want to have more. It, you need, to do, you need to move on things now. If you wait until you're, I'm, oh, I'm just, 
I'll just, I, I'm so busy now. I don't want I, I know this is what God is calling me to do, but I'm not going to do it because I feel so busy. I can't do it. Oh, I'll wait till just the right moment. If I if I, I, you know, in another year, in another six months, I can see how everything's going to be clear off my plate and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and it's going to be just the right moment. If you do that, you will listen to me. You'll never witness that person. I'm going to wait until um, a better time to share Christ to that person that God's been prompting me to share Christ with. I'm going to share the gospel with that person, but now's not the good time. I'm going to wait until this time. If you wait, you're, you're, you're not going to share. Okay, you're not going to witness. You're not going to serve. You're not going to, if you wait to serve, you're not going to serve. You're, you need, we need to move now. We need to move now. If God is prompting us, we need to move. Now, now again, you may be thinking, you may be thinking this, well, but things could go wrong. If I move and I do that, things could go wrong. You're abs- you are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. No one has ever stubbed their toe while standing still. Why move? I stubbed my toe. I was studying for this, right, two days ago. And I was walking and I stubbed my toe. I was like, Ugh! you know, your little toe, you slam your little toe against the chair and you're like, oh, man, why, why walk anymore? I mean, think about it. If you don't walk, you can't stub your toe if you're just standing there. Listen, th- that's a risk. It's a risk. So here's what I'm saying to you. Here's my, I take back everything I just said. Play it safe. Play it safe. Because I can guarantee you nothing's going to happen. I can guarantee you. If you play it safe, if you don't walk, I guarantee you're never going to stub your toe again. If you don't step out in faith, if you don't take a risk, I can guarantee you nothing's going to happen. Well, you're thinking what I'm thinking. No, nah, something's probably going to happen. None of it's good. Right? We need to be able to step out. We need to be able to step out in faith and take that risk. Take that risk for God. In verse 5, Solomon continues with two more analogies. He says, as you, do, uh, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. He's saying that, listen, he's saying that life is unpredictable. Life is mysterious. Life, he's saying, is like the wind. It's like the wind. You, you cannot control it. You can't control the wind. The wind is unseen. We see its presence, right, by its effects. That's how we know there's wind. By its effects. We see its presence by its effects. See, in the same way, you may not be able to understand God's power and his mind in situations. You may not be able to totally understand the power of God and the mind of God and how certain situations work out. I mean, you think about it. I mean, just in the last couple of days, there are times we look at things that happen to us and things that happen in the world. And we're wondering what on earth, I mean, we can't even understand. We don't have a clue to what God is doing. How God's going to figure this all out. How God's going to work. We don't have a clue what God is doing in this situation. But we need to trust him. We need to trust God. Because he is the maker and sustainer of all things. It all belongs to him. People will do evil things. Evil will permeate the world and evil will run amok in a lot of places. But but God is still in control. Evil does not have the last word, even in tragic situations. 
If they did, if they did a study, if you will, on what happened, what came out of those tragedies, you'd be amazed at how God works through even the most difficult circumstances of our lives. He is a God who brings beauty out of the ashes and we need to trust him. We need to trust him. See, too many Christians do nothing. They end up doing absolutely nothing because they don't know what God wants them to do. Isn't that what happens? We don't do anything because we say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know exactly what God wants me to do. See, sometimes when we face a decision in life, we expect God to give us all the answers. We want God to give us and tell us exactly what to do. So I feel like I should, well, God, if you want me to do something, if you want me to move, if you want me to risk, if you want me to whatever, then you have to tell me exactly what to do. But that's not the way, that's not the way it works. Listen, this is really important. Someone once told me, there's a difference between right and wrong decisions and right and left decisions. Right and wrong decisions and right and left decisions. In the Bible, the will of, the, the will of God refers mostly to moral choices. Okay, so we can know the will of God. We can know God's will because right and wrong decisions in the Bible, it's pretty clear about right and wrong decisions. God, right and wrong, God is leading us to walk paths of righteousness. So we can choose to walk a path of righteousness. God lays it all out. How do you walk a path of righteousness? Clearly laid out in the Bible, right and wrong. Or are you going to walk a path of sin? That's pretty clear because we have we have pre, we have we have precepts in the Bible. We have laws in the Bible. We have it's laid out in the Bible. Thou shalt not. And there's all kinds of things that are laid out to make right and wrong decisions. When it comes to right and left decisions, it's a little different. God is under no obligation to share his will and purpose with you in right or left decisions. And usually he doesn't. And you say, well, I don't, I don't particularly like that. But that's why in Ecclesiastes, Solomon says you have to, at some point, you have to be bold and you have to act. You just can't stand still. God's not, which college should I go to? What university should I go to? Oh, let me think. Oh, God, you know, you know, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to lay off, whatever. And, and you don't, God is not always going to tell you if you should go to, you know, uh, Miami University or whatever, Ohio State. Those are, those are most of the time, those are right and left decisions. So you're not always going to know the mind of God in those kinds of things. He is not, has no obligation, okay, to tell us exactly what we're supposed to do in those circumstances. And see, you can't worry and make choices based upon what might happen. So therefore, I'm not going to go to, I can't, I don't know, I don't have a definitive answer from God whether I should go to Ohio State or Miami University. And so therefore, I'm going to neither, I'm not going to college. Because I don't know what's going to happen if I go to college. I do. You're going to learn some things, run into people that you love, run into people you don't like at all, have some amazing experiences, all that kind of thing. That's what's going to happen to you. And all along the way, there are going to be right and wrong decisions that you're going to have to make at college the college you've chosen to go to. Those will be absolutely clear. 
what university you're going to, not exactly absolutely clear. How you should behave when you're at that university, absolutely clear. So you can't be worried about, about well, what if, what, if, what if I make this wrong thing? What if I do this? Or how are other people going to respond? Or how are other people going to act? Or what are other people going to do? You, you throw all those things out. You don't know those things. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned, okay? When it comes to making right or left decisions, first, what you need to do is ask the question, what would Jesus do? You think, oh, that's so simple. No, listen to me. Ask the question, what would Jesus do? I'm in this situation. I'm not sure how to handle this situation at work or in my family or what would Jesus do? Once you've asked the question, what you want to also ask is, what are my motives? What are my motives for doing and doing this or doing that, for going this way or that way? What are my motives? Look into your heart. You really want to drive yourself crazy? Take a week and judge your motives for every decision you make, okay? You find out, I did, you find out, man, even in the most pure things that I do in my life, my motives are not always pure, right? What are my motives? And then you go and you find some, the most godly people you can find in your life and you ask those godly people, You ask them, what do you think? Here are my circumstances, right or left. I'm not really sure. Can you help me? And listen to those godly people give you you advice. So you listen to those people, right? Through all of that, you have to be praying. You have to be praying, asking God. God, speak through these men and women who I'm going to sit down with. Speak through them. Ask Jesus, what would you know? What would you do? And um, Lord, I'm looking at my motives and help me to see the, the depth of my own motives and all those kinds of things. So you, then you ask, you ask the people around you, but all through it all, you need to be in constant prayer. And then the last thing you do, and this is just from Jeff Greer. Okay, this is what I do. I look at biblical principles. What principles in the Bible apply to my situation? Was there someone else who had to make a tough decision like I have to make? How did they make the decision? What did they do? Look at biblical principles. There are other principles in Scripture, all throughout Scripture, not just someone who had to make the decision, but scriptural principles that help you and guide you when you have to make those right-left kind of decisions. Just because you don't know how it ends doesn't mean that you shouldn't take the risk. That's what I'm saying. Just because you don't know how something you're not in control, you don't know how it ends doesn't mean you shouldn't take the risk. If you're going to try to make a difference, you need to be willing to sacrifice. There was a shipwreck um, and it was rough seas. It was off the coast of New England years ago. And I mean, just rough seas, a ship is wrecked, but there's survivors out there. There's survivors clinging to different things. And and a, a, a younger member of the Coast Guard rescue team said, we can't go out there. We may not come back. And so the old, the old captain, the seasoned captain replied, we have to go out there. We don't have to come back. You see, my friends, here's the deal. A life worth living demands risks. A life worth living demands risks. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 6, he says, Sow your seed in the morning and do not be idle in the evening, for you do not know whether morning or evening sowing will succeed or whether both of them alike will be good. See, he wants us to have confidence. He wants to have confidence and leave the results up to God. Have confidence in moving forward. Are you going to, is everything you have confidence in doing and moving forward in going to succeed? No, it's not. But again, we go back to what can I learn from this situation? The key to this whole passage is found in verse 6. 
Do not be idle. Do not be idle. Don't just sit around and look at the look up and see the clouds and oh, this is going to be windy and you know I'm not going to do this. There's a lion outside my door and what if what if what if what if? He says, do not. He's saying, don't be idle. The, see, the term morning and evening are what's called a merism. Okay, and a merism is a combination. It's kind of a it's a it's a combination of two contrasting words. Two two contrasting words that refer to an entirety or to a whole. So what he's really saying here is you need to sow from morning until evening. It's that contrasting of two words. It's not like sow in the the morning and then take break, giant break, don't worry about anything, and then sow again in the evening. No, it's not what it's saying. He's saying saying you need to sow in the morning until evening. He's telling that farmer you need to work all day long. don't, Don't be idle. He's talking about helping and investing in the lives of other people here. He's talking about doing the will of God, investing your life in the will of God. And he's saying, there's no time where we should be idle. He's saying to the people of God, he's saying to us, you need to serve God with your whole heart, with boldness, and take risks every day, all day, every day. Because life is a risk. Going and sharing Christ with someone is a risk. Stepping out and trying to do something new and, and dynamic for God, it's a risk. Trying to better yourself is a risk. It's a risk. But if we are going to accomplish what God has for us, we need to be bold and we need to move forward. So, so here's the question I have as we close off. How, how, do we, how do we move forward in faith today? How do you, how do I move forward in faith what are some things that I can do to move forward in faith? What opportunities are my, am I putting off? Ask yourself, what am I, opportunities am I putting off because of fear? I don't want to step out. What if this? What if that? What are, what are, what are some really great opportunities that you're putting off to talk with someone, whatever it is, because of fear? Because of maybe that something happened in your past and, you know, it's like Pavlov's dogs and you don't want to do that again. What is it that is happening in your life? Because, my friends, it is time to stop playing it safe. It is time to start taking risks. It's time to start sticking your neck out. I want to, I want to close with this one story. I really, really enjoyed this. James Bryant Conant wrote this, Behold the turtle. He makes progress only when he sticks his neck out. These words have special meaning for writer James Mishner. In 1944, when Mishner was 40, he was, he was serving in the U.S. Navy on a remote island in the South Pacific. To kill time, he decided to write a book. He knew the chances of anyone publishing it were practicing nil, but he decided to stick his neck out and give it a try. Mishner had decided that the book would be a collection of short stories. A friend told him that nobody publishes short stories anymore. Even so, he stuck his neck out and went ahead. The book was published and it got a few reviews. But Orville Prescott, the book reviewer for the New York Times, reported that he liked the stories. Others decided they liked the stories too. And it wound up winning the Pulitzer Prize. Kenneth McKenna, whose job it was to evaluate books for a Hollywood film company, tried to persuade his company to make a movie about it. But the company decided the book had no dynamic or dramatic possibilities. So McKenna stuck his neck out and brought the book to the attention of composers Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein. When Broadway critics heard that Rogers and Hammerstein were, were planning a musical called South Pacific, they rolled their eyes and said, have you ever heard a, a more of a screwy idea? 
The romantic lead is going to be a guy past 50, which I see no issue with whatsoever. (laughs) And he's going to be an opera singer. And the rest, as they say, my friends, is history. Because they were willing to stick their necks out. I agree with Helen Keller. I love Helen Keller. Life is either a dynamic adventure or nothing at all. It's either, it's, either, it's either an adventure, a daring, dynamic adventure, or it's nothing at all. We need to move. Let's bow our heads. Let's, let's add to our I decided list on the floor. I left some, some markers up here and in the back. They're on the floor. They're on the front here. Um, this morning, I want you to write... If you have the time as, you, as we close off here, we're going to sing a last song. I want you to write, I decided to stop playing it safe. So I'm going to what? What are you going to do? I decided to stop playing it safe. So I'm going to, and I want you to write this down. I, I decided to invite a friend to church that I've been thinking about. Uh, I decided to go out for the team. I decided to try out for the play. I decided to go out for that, for, to go for that job or to start that business or to witness to my coworker or to start serving in the children's ministry or in some other area of ministry. Or maybe, maybe I've decided to change the way that I'm living. I need to change the way I'm living. Whatever it is for you, I want you to write that down. I decided to stop playing it safe. And so I'm going to, and just write that down. God, give us a bold spirit. Give us a heart to reach the lost. Give us a passion to serve other people. Give us the courage to step out in faith and live for you, regardless of the outcome. That is not in our place, Lord. We don't have control of that. But help us to do all of those things, to be bold and to move forward even if we don't know what the outcome will be. We love you. We praise you. We ask that you would use us, Lord God, and that we would make commitments this morning to do something bold for you. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.